0: everyone and welcome to Tigers tonight again for the second time this week but a little different topic tonight as of course uh, Memphis basketball practice kicked off today and you know I didn't even realize that when I was looking at the uh, calendar to do the uh, schedule breakdown and it just kind of worked out that uh, the the ERP as we just called it ended yesterday <laughs> basketball practice kicked off today and we are 25 days away from the first exhibition game tonight, joined uh, by my new co-host for basketball season. We'll start with our friend Isaac down here. Isaac, how are you, sir?
1: Man, I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be back here on Tiger Sports Report. Tigers tonight, uh, talking basketball, man. It's it's coming up quickly. Uh, it seems like it kind of kind of snuck up on us, man. But it, it's right around the corner, like you said. What 20, 20, 20 some odd days? 25 Twenty five days. 20, yeah. yeah, before the, the opener against our exhibition opener against CBU. Over at FedEx Forum, practice start today, as you said. So, man, it, it's it's fun times, man. You got football still going on, and it, it just and it begins of that. And I, I I personally think on the football side, I, I think the team is going to be pretty good. I said eight wins for the season started. I still feel good about that. We'll see what happens, but man, I mean, you're going to have double duty here coming up soon, man. In Tiger basketball and the women's side as well, excited yeah. what Katrina Marquez is doing over there. Uh, so it's going to be a, a fun season over there at the Elmeron Fieldhouse. So, man, make sure you get out there to those games as well, man. I'm excited about it all. I'm excited to talk about some basketball tonight.
0: Yeah, this this is the – for some people, this is the best time of year. And uh, now take a moment, of course, you've seen his work already, but to introduce kind of unofficially, officially, Leon Taylor, the newest member of the Rivals team. Leon, how are you this evening, sir?
2: Man, doing great. I appreciate this opportunity. Just excited to start this season.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, we were talking there off air, guys. This is not uh, – What's the joke? This is not your daddy's Memphis basketball schedule as, man, they are coming out hot straight out of the gate. Y- you know, we I think it was Isaac just said this is an SEC-heavy schedule with five teams, and, and Leon Memphis starts the season on November 7th in earnest with a true road game in one of the weirdest environments in college basketball, and that's Memorial Gymnasium at Vanderbilt against Jerry Stackhouse and the
2: Commodores. Yes, sir. I think that's going to be a great game because uh, you're talking about a young team uh, with young talent, and these guys are, are trying to prove themselves in the ACC. And, you know, local local battle, we got a former uh, Memphis team Thad player, Malik Dill, who plays for Vanderbilt, who's 6'8", 6'9", who's going to want to pretty much do what he can do best against the Memphis guys because, you know, it's, it's a certain thing now with Memphis and Nashville players. It's like it's a battle of Tennessee right now.
0: Yeah, and you know, Isaac, as as Memphis starts at Vanderbilt, you know, Leon brings up a great point. It always seems like those are the guys that gives Memphis trouble, right? The guys that – because what people don't understand, we talk about this with football, it's like when you're a high-level basketball player, man, these dudes all have known each other since they were 12 years old. So, you know, Vanderbilt, you mentioned off the air that they're now without their Mr. Do-Everything, Scotty Pippen Jr. They're picked by some to finish – near the bottom of the uh of a stacked sec but i'm kind of in i'm kind of in your ballpark i I think they're going to end up surprising this team that made it to the quarterfinals the nit last year
1: yeah i I think they'll finish higher than Uh, 12th i'm a big believer in jerry stackhouse and what he's building out there in nashville um and again man a team like memphis what's weird about this is, is you usually don't see a team like memphis open up on a road let alone two road games and again we've talked about this before we jumped on here. I mean, these aren't gimme's either. These are two really good teams. Uh, we're going to talk about the second game here in a, in a second. But uh, going on a true row game, I mean, you got a lot of new faces uh, with the Tigers. So they're going to be trying to figure some things out. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game. But I like it. I like them being challenged right out of the gate because, I mean, you look at this non-con schedule. By the time they get into the AAC play, they're going to be battle-tested. I mean, you got road games, neutral side games against really good teams. I mean, they're, they're going to be ready to go. And like you said, right out of the gate, Jerry Stackhouse, man, making that trip up to Nashville. I, I actually like this game, man. I hope this is something that they can continue. I mean, you got two former NBA players, Penny Hardaway and Jerry Stackhouse, uh, kind of starting off this, this game. I was kind of wanting this game for a couple of years now, so I'm glad to see they got it done, man. I think this is going to be a nice challenge for the Tigers right out of the gate.
0: Yeah, and it's it's certainly a winnable game, Um for, for Memphis to, and it's, and it will be a good road test, as uh, our friend Jeb says. Uh, the worst major team arena he's ever watched a game in is Memorial Gymnasium. It's weird yeah, if you've it's never weird. Seen it. it is. The, <laughs> the benches are on the side and everything. It's just, it's just real, it's really bizarre. But anyway, um, and then moving on, the Tigers, um, we'll see how they stack up with the A 10. And, and Leon, we'll kind of start with you. You know, two teams in the A 10 that depending on which outlook you look at, which none of the big ones are out yet, but they're either one, two, or three, and that's St. Louis and VCU back-to-back for Memphis, uh, you know, to start off at St. Louis, who I, I think St. Louis is probably the best team in the A-10. Yeah. Uh, it's them, Dayton, and VCU. They're kind of 1A, 1B, and 1C. But, you know, you go on the road to St. Louis to take on a Billikens team that, you know, most Memphis fans are very familiar with. Used to be conference mates right. uh, back back. seems like forever ago in the uh, – in the old days, but uh, you know, that's gonna be two good tests again out the gate for Memphis.
2: Absolutely. St. Louis is an NCA tournament team, and they just play smart, hard basketball. And that's what you want in the beginning of your schedule. You want to be battle tested for the NCAA tournament. And when you play a team like Vanderbilt and then you, you head against date, um, uh, I'm sorry, St. Louis. I mean, those those are two great teams. I mean, St. Louis, like you said, they might be the leader of the pack in the A-10. And then you got Vanderbilt who's at the bottom, but it could easily surprise some teams. So it's going to be two great uh, road tests.
0: You know, and then, Isaac, you come home
2: and you have VCU. And, you
0: know, VCU kind of rose to prominence a few years ago with Shaka Smart, but they're a team that – they've kind of just been trucking along as a as a solid mid-major and you know to Leon's points with St. Louis you know and, and I'm I'm kind of guilty of this too we tend to throw these exhibition games kind of out the window with CBU and folks like that but you need a team like CBU to prepare you for somebody like St. Louis and then yeah. VCU is going to get after you a little bit more and get you up and down the court and I think Memphis is going to see three very distinct styles in the first six game six days
1: yeah amazing. man yeah, I was going to say, going back to that St. Louis game, I still have nightmares of that game where they played them in the NCAA tournament that year. Uh, Rick Majestad, how they – Tigers just – they were clearly the better team, but they just couldn't play their game, man. They just would, wouldn't let them get out, get in the transition. I mean, they slow you down, and they still kind of play that style. As you said, CBU is a kind of a similar kind of the way they run run their offense, kind of similar to what St. Louis is. So you're definitely going to see a contrast in styles. uh between Vanderbilt and, and, and St. Louis and, again, CBU gets, can you, gets you kind of that mode. And VCU, like you said, is a team that picks up full court uh, high energy really plays really well on the defensive end. So, again, man, it's good that they get these tests early uh, to learn how to play different styles. Because, I mean, throughout the season and you get into the NCAA tournament, you don't know who you're going to face or what type of team they're going to be. So playing these tough games against different styles earlier, I think it's not only going to pay dividends. For them down the line, as they go on and possibly get to the NCAA tournament and try to make a run.
0: Yeah, I mean that's you know that that's the thing about your non-conference schedule. And in years past, it's kind of been the knock on Memphis, right? Is they they almost took the Gonzaga path where they didn't play. You know, they try to get up for one big game a year uh, in the non-conference, and then blow through the conference. Then you get the NCAA tournament, and you haven't played anybody, and and it ends up hurting you. Uh, after that, on Sunday, November 20th, then the Tigers will travel on Thanksgiving Day down to Orlando, where they are participating in the ESPN Events Invitational. And Thursday, they will play Seton Hall with Shaheen Holloway, who just came over from uh, uh, Saint Peter's, where he took them uh, to the Elite Eight last year. He's an alum. Uh, he's got he's got some kids coming back. He's got talent coming back. Got some transfers, but they'll have Seton Hall, and then either Oklahoma or Nebraska, and then Florida State, Stanford, Ole Miss. Sienna, it's kind of weird they could end up actually playing Ole Miss twice uh, this year. Pro- probably not. But, you know, Isaac, if if anything, you're looking to get a couple wins in Orlando and then get kind of a almost a Q1 kind of step-up game uh, in the final of that Invitational and, and really kind of start building that resume.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously got Seton Hall, uh, as you said, in that first game on Thanksgiving Day. Team uh, Holloway coming over from St. Peter's. Um, I, I think that's a tournament team. Um, I think that's a, another resume building an opportunity. They have a guard, Kadari Richmond, uh, who who's really tough. Uh, he's a guy that you can watch out for on that 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 Seton Hall team. And again, you probably get Oklahoma on that second day. I, I don't think Nebraska wins that game. Nebraska's not not going to be very good this year. And I think you can hope it's Oklahoma because that gives you another opportunity against to a tournament team. And then on on that third day, I think they skip a day. I think it's actually Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, you could have an opportunity to play. Florida State, and that's a tournament team for sure. So you could have an opportunity to get three wins against tournament teams here at the game, and that's just a testament to this schedule. I just don't can't remember the last time we've seen a schedule this loaded. Uh, I mean, they're going to have resume opportunity after resume opportunity after resume opportunity uh, this season, so there's not going to be one of these years. We've seen years where they just didn't have those opportunities. You lose, like you said, one, one or two of those games, and that's pretty much it. You didn't have a lot of opportunities in conference outside of maybe a Houston uh, or, or something like that. So that's not going to be the case this year. I mean, they're going to have uh, a, a lot of bites at the apple, man. And, and again, man, I, I hope they're able to take advantage. They have an experienced team. And I think that's one of the reasons why Penny was okay with stacking the schedule this year. Cause I think he felt like he was going to have a more experienced team instead of having a lot of freshmen and, and a lot of guys he's trying to work in. I think these guys, especially when you have a guard like Kendrick Davis, I think he's going to be able to bring these guys together a little bit, a little bit quicker than what we've seen in the last few years.
0: You know, Leon, and as as then you round out November with North Alabama. So, what are what are you kind of looking for? If not record rise, I mean, obviously that's fine too. But, kind of, what are you looking for that first month of the season? What will what will be where how you kind of judge where the Tigers are as a team?
2: Chemistry, you know, chemistry is going to go a long way with these guys. You know, even though they're not. Uh, a lot of freshmen on this team at all you got a lot of veterans you still got to get that chemistry together and i think as you mentioned kendrick davis being that lead guard and then you also got lomax you got keontae kennedy i mean these guys have played big boy basketball before and i think they're going to come together and rally even if it is a rough start you get a chance to make progressions and that's why like when that north alabama comes along you can kind of say like if we lose a couple games in that tournament you can kind of bounce back with a game like North Alabama, which is a team that's kind of going to fight to make a name for themselves, but at the same time, it could be a bounce-back win. And Seton Hall, going back to that, I mean, Shaheen Holloway, we all saw the tournament. The guy, he has his team playing hard and tough, and it's going to be a great uh, challenge for those guys. And if you do play Oklahoma, another good test, and hopefully we do play Florida State, that's a, t- a great win where we'll possibly uh, be a top-10 team after a tournament like that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, and, and to me, it's it's not a, it, you know, if you drop a couple, it doesn't end the season, but it's a great opportunity to, as you said, Leon, just springboard yourself into the national conversation. Uh, then the Tigers come home, as we said, for North Alabama, and then they uh, get into SEC play where they play <laughs> Ole Miss, I swear, and then they'll step out of conference and play Little Rock, and then it's three straight SEC games to close out the non-con, well, they have Alabama State in there, but to really close out the meat of that non-conference schedule. And, and Leon, it's not just three bottom-feeding SEC teams. You've got Auburn, of course, a lot of stories there with Bruce Pearl. Alabama's not going to be pleased to say they're they're probably circling that game because we pretty much ended their season last year here at home. Good series with Texas A&M. So talk a little bit about that challenge of – You know, we're joking about getting four out of five SEC teams, but, you know, you don't get better playing weaker opponents. You get better by playing the best of the best, and we're playing some pretty darn good top-level SEC
2: teams. Absolutely. You get a chance to play Auburn. I mean, Bruce Pearl, we all know how he coaches. It's going to be a great matchup between him and Penny Hardaway, you know, the battle of the minds. But going back to the Alabama State game, you know, Tony Madlock, he's going to come in here and and want to, you know, make a name for himself as well. You know, he got – a lot of Memphis guys on that their, on their team you got my Drake's way, assistant coach, yeah, you know, Tony Madlock's son and uh, a guy who was going to be on the Memphis St- uh, roster, Amar Knox. He didn't get that scholarship. So he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. So I think these games that we got going ahead of us are going to be great challenges. And, uh, and, and and heading toward the Auburn, you know, once you get past those other other mountains, we got to climb. I think we're going to be ready for Bruce Pearl.
0: Yeah, and you talk about that's going to be one hell of a hill to climb, uh, you know, coming out coming out of Orlando, and then you've got to go see Auburn in Atlanta. Uh, Great game! It's going to be a great atmosphere down there. But uh, Isaac, you know, you've got Auburn, Alabama, Texas A and M. You got Ole Miss in there, and you know Ole Miss picked to finish, I think, eleventh by most people. Vanderbilt right behind them. You know, Kermit's kids are going to play hard. I don't know that he's got enough kids this year, but you know. You're just you're really testing yourself with the SEC too, and I know a lot of people don't like playing so many SEC games. I personally like it because it gives some interest yeah. to your non-conference schedule. You're not playing Absolutely. a bunch of guys that nobody cares about, and, and I really, for me, the kind of my test of that part of the season is going to be. That Alabama game when we got to go to Tuscaloosa because like I said we we kind of we we kind of yeah. ended Nate Oates' run yeah. last year we we put him out to pasture a little bit earlier than most people thought because we we just absolutely we destroyed them kind of very methodically at for, at the forum last year so that's kind of the one for me of, of that little group though is there another one maybe that stands out outside of the Auburn game?
1: Um, well, I think just just kind of looking overall, I think Ole Miss. I think this is a. Uh, a big year for Kermit Davis, because uh, I mean things aren't going great. I think they expected more uh, when, when when he got that job. Uh, it felt like things were really good earlier, but it things feels like things are kind of souring on him. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. They're always going to play tough. I mean, Memphis, Ole Miss, kind of a kind of a rivalry game. So those games are usually really close. Every time those get together, they're really close games. Uh, you talk about Auburn. I, I like the fact that that's a neutral site game down in uh, Atlanta at the State Farm State Farm Arena. Uh, where the Hawks play. That's going to be great atmosphere, as John said, and uh, a good test. But, again, that's going to be kind of an NCAA tournament-type atmosphere uh being on neutral courts. So I'm glad they have that opportunity. And Alabama's going to be a tough one. Uh, like you said, man, I'm sure they're going to have payback on their mind. Man, we had the whiteout at FedEx for them, and it was fired up, jumping in there. Man, like I said, jumped on them early, and they never really could get back in that game. So I'm sure Nate Oates and his squad has that one circle. So I'm sure they're going to be looking for payback, not going to be an easy trip down to Tuscaloosa for the Tigers. But I think Texas A and M is the big one. Um, I think Texas A and M has opportunity to win the SEC. I think they're going to be right there at the top with Kentucky. I think those they'll be one and two in, in some order, and you get that game at home. Uh, that's what I like about that, and that's I think that's kind of going to be your marquee home game uh, outside of Houston, of course. That's always going to be a big one in conference. But I think of the non-con games, I think that's the one I circle. Uh, that, that's going to be a big game, because uh, I mean that's that's a real Real big opportunity, man. On your own floor, you get that one. Like you said, man, that's definitely the type of win that can get you in the top twenty-five, depending on what you're doing, what you've done out before then.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, if, if you're coming into that game with one or maybe even two losses, and you and you pick that one off, I think you're top fifteen. You're you're really moving up. And then we, as I said, we close out the non-conference slate against Alabama State. Uh, it's going to take Tony a couple years to get that going down there. That's just a uh, that's a it's a tough man these me- these low major jobs are are just tough they're it's just there's no words to describe you know you know they're gonna bus up here they don't get to jump on a plane and come up here or you know they're you know and they just don't have the budget and and you know I'm sure Memphis is kind of playing them kind of to help Tony out you know because yeah. for those who don't know Tony's an alum of Memphis he was he was around here he was with, what with Ole Miss he was with Arkansas State he's you know he's with Memphis for a while he's he's just a – he's he's been his roommate
1: was Penny's roommate in, in, in
0: college. Yeah, yeah that's 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 another sign we're getting old when uh you know Penny's roommates are coaching against each other. <laughs> we're gonna step aside for just a minute. When we come back, we will take a look at the AAC conference slate and go through that. You're listening to Tigers tonight, the basketball schedule breakdown. <laughs> Can you get away from it all? Hey, it's John here with Tropical Getaways Travel. And when I'm not following the Tigers, I help families and groups have their next amazing vacation. Maybe you're looking for a cruise, or maybe it's an all-inclusive resort that you've been dreaming of. Either way, I can help you plan a vacation that fits your budget, and your lifestyle. When you're ready to start planning that vacation, give me a call at 901-667-8747. That's 901-667-8747. Or you can visit my website at tropicalgetaways.net. Let's start planning your next amazing vacation. And welcome back, everyone, to our basketball season schedule preview here tonight. John Maddox, Leon Taylor, Isaac Simpson with you on Tigers Tonight, and so the AAC play will open uh, as the Tigers will start at home against South Florida. Uh, you know that's that's a program Leon I, I can't you know I, there aren't many schools that I'm like, okay, it makes sense for them to not be great. How if you are South Florida besides being exceptionally geographically challenged? If you're if you're south if you're Florida anything how are you not good really at any sport but that is just a program they just have never been able to get going down there.
2: Right. It's just not a real basketball school either. I mean, just it's not real big on basketball but football is a little different but basketball is just it's never just got it going like you mentioned but I think it's going to be a good game with Tyler Harris over there and <laughs> Man, it's gonna be fireworks when he comes in the city because man, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have a message to give out. Seriously, my,
0: my guy's never met a shot he didn't like, that's for sure. I know, right? <laughs> and, and then, and then Isaac, the Tigers have kind of a tricky New Year's Day test as they go down to New Orleans and take on a Ron Hunter Tulane team. Yeah, and Ron's just getting he's just gotten a little better every year, he's just getting better and better. Great coach, he, he is a fantastic coach. Uh, gets he's one of those guys you know I think that he just kind of gets the most out of his guys that's exactly. that's kind of his thing he doesn't have I mean I'm sure he would love to have four star and five star guys but you just his passion and he's just a guy that gets the most and Isaac that's that's a that's a tricky tricky thing going into a, a place like New Orleans on New Year's Day and then having to play a Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. game
1: yeah but before we talk about that I'll go back to the South Florida game man I, I'm hoping they do something for Tyler. Um, a kid who left here once, I don't think if it was up to him, I don't think he would have ever left, came back. And I think you can kind of say the same thing now, man. His heart is in Memphis. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, you know, he's going to want to come and come and show out in that game, as, as Leon said. So that, I'm excited about that. Excited to see him back, man. Always been one of my favorite players, man, going back to Cordova High School, what he could, could do, man, shooting that basketball, just amazing uh, what, what Tyler can do. So glad he's getting the opportunity to come back in here and play. And you talk about Tulane, man. Ron Hunter, just fantastic coach. Like you said, gets the most out of his guys. Pass the eye test. If you want to see a guy coaching on the sideline, man, watch Ron Hunter because he's all over, the, all over the floor. He's working the refs. And I think his team kind of takes his lead with that. Uh, always playing aggressive. And that's going to be a tough test. Uh, definitely going down to New Orleans. Um, I, I think they're going to be – that's probably outside of Houston and Memphis. I think they're going to be right there, probably the third best team in this conference. So that's definitely going to be a – a tough road game. Uh So you got USF coming in here. That's a game that you should win again, but it, it, I think adding Tyler Harris, that gets another element to that game. But right out the gate, man, I, I think that's going to be a test to see where you are. That's a game that you really want to get, but I think it's going to be tough. I mean, they've had some problems going down in New Orleans the last couple years. So even more this year, I, th- I think, I think Ron Hunter really has that team on the rise, man. I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long he stays down there, but, that's going to be a tough game, for sure, on the road, and a good test, I think, early in the conference play.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's one of those places. And, uh, you know, for for you young bucks here that don't remember, Fogelman used to not have air conditioning. Fogelman Arena, which is where uh, Tulane plays, uh, yes, yeah, named after Aaron Fogelman, who's a Memphis businessman, but a Tulane guy, um, used to not have air, no air conditioning wow. in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's any time of year. Not good. It didn't matter. It, and just this, it was a dumpy little, well, it's not much better than that now, but at least they have air. But yeah, you'd go down there, and I mean, just, you know, they'd pack a couple, 3,000 folks in that thing, and and they called it Hot Box. That's what it was called because you got in there and there's no air moving. And New Orleans is hot and sticky all year yeah. round anyway. It didn't Humidity. matter if you went in December or in August. It felt the same in there, but just, uh, just one of those places you didn't you didn't like to go play. Another one of those old places that we don't go anymore is Blacksburg, Virginia, to play Virginia Tech, but kind of a similar deal. But moving on, um, East Carolina then comes in. You know, that's a team that – you know, Isaac, East Carolina is one of these teams. They're going to be bad again this year. Um, they're going to need somebody like Winston Tabbs who comes over from Boston College to step up. But, man, it just – they just – they'll show flashes during the year and then – and then you look up and they're three and 14 in league play. Okay. And, you know, that, that was one of the games, uh, you know, Jeb touched on earlier Memphis, the fan base kind of lost Memphis. Uh, Josh Pastner lost the Memphis fan base with a St. Louis yeah. loss. I think that year that East Carolina beat Memphis twice. I think that was kind of the end and, and Leon, that's just a game at home. You just, you got to get, there's no excuse. Gotta
2: get. That, it definitely can be a tough road game. It's like, Tulane and East Carolina, they're always tough road games. I don't know what it is, but it's like those guys are not motivated in the beginning, and then come second half, they have to fight their way and crawl their way back to a win.
0: Yeah, the good news is East Carolina is at home for this first one. Um, I'm trying to look down the schedule. I don't think we travel over there. No, we thank goodness. Yeah, Uh, Well, I'll tell you why we struggle at East Carolina, because as our friend Jeb says, Greenville, North Carolina is a place you have to mean to go. It's a terrible (laughs) road trip. You fly in, and I think you're still like an hour away by, but it's just, it's an awful trip. And and that little gym is tough and, yeah, and whatnot. Fans then, are right on top of you. Yeah. Fans are right on top of you. Uh, Menji's Coliseum, that's the name of their place. So you have East Carolina at home, Isaac. And then you kind of have a double dip that I think you really need both of these two. You go to UCF and then you go to Temple. Uh, UCF is on a Wednesday, and Temple on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, I think Temple's going to be solid. Um, I, I think they're going to be somewhere in at that, that top top four, five, six range. Um, so I mean, that that's always a tough game, um, especially on the road. I mean, a lot of both of these road games, even these when these teams aren't aren't really good record wise, you go on the road. I mean, these are some weird buildings that you go into with these teams and some weird trips, and it's just it. They always a lot of times Memphis just has trouble, especially at Temple. Um, they've had had trouble up there. I mean, even in Memphis, they've had trouble with Temple team, So. Uh, that, that's going to be a, a, a tough trip, like you said, and, and UCF back to back. I mean, UCF, um, I mean, I think they'll finish. They're probably going to finish in the bottom half this year. They lost lost some talents. I don't think they'll be good as they were last year. Uh, so, I mean, those are – those are, you definitely got to have a UCF one. I mean, you really need both of them. I mean, really where this team is right now, you should be winning most of these conference games. I mean, outside of Houston and, and, and maybe even – I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, really, with this Memphis team, with – The veteran talent that they have on this team, I mean, the only team that they should really be worried about is Houston and and, and Tulane. But you know that that's not going to be the case, man. You get in these conference games and weird things happen. We've seen it year in and year out. No matter how talented they are, these games are always close. But I think those are two of their back-to-back that you really, really need to get. You can't afford to drop those.
2: Absolutely.
0: And Leon, then you have kind of the what I call kind of the package here. You've got at, you're at home for Wichita State. You've got to go to Cincinnati, which Cincinnati could be one and twenty six. And if you're game twenty seven and you're twenty eight in your Memphis, it's mm-hmm. gonna be a a dog fight. at least you know, I say the thing about Cincinnati that I enjoy playing them is you know what you're gonna get. like it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be always. A, 56-51 type of game. It's not going to be a 97-91 game. You're, it's it's a fist fight. Um, and then, you know, SMU, obviously, without Kendrick Davis at home. But, you know, Leon, that's kind of an interesting dynamic of, you know, is Kendrick going to want to show out against his former guys? The answer is yes. But then the <laughs> other side of that is SMU, those guys, uh, you, you've got uh, Williamson and, and they've got a new coach, Rob Lanier. Uh, you know, those guys are going to say, well, you know what, Kendrick? Look what you're
2: missing out on. Right. Absolutely. And just going back to that Cincinnati, man, it's like Bob Huggins' legacy just stayed there and just <laughs> will not leave, man, because no matter who coaches their team, they're going to always play tough and hard. And like you just said about Kendrick Davis and SMU, I think that's going to be a great matchup. You know, the coach, old coach versus the, old player, man. It's, it's going to be a great game. And, of course, he's going to want to show out for that game.
0: You know, Isaac, uh, you know, Cincinnati, they're a team. They really had it going last year, you know, until they lost 8-10 of 10 going down the stretch. But they, they went out and they got Jeremiah Davenport and Adams Woods. They picked up a couple guys. You know, and Wes Miller, you know, he's a guy that he's sitting there. If you look at a lot of the early pronostications, you know, they've got Cincinnati third or fourth. And most people think this is Memphis and Houston – are one and kind of one A and one B and, yeah, the and kind of is, yeah. is way down. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be that bad this year. I think they're going to, you know, cause they they're going to play and they're going to play hard. And, and that game is kind of sandwiched. Always hate those road games that end up and Memphis does this. We'll talk about it here in a second, but they play home road, home road, home road, home road home so for basically three weeks they're alternating okay, and you always yeah. hate those road games especially when they come on sunday
1: yeah I was um, say that's weird
0: <laughs> it's a weird spot to be on the road on a sunday at noon which you know is is another tough spot so uh you know that's that's just going to be one it's going to be a fight and then a trip out to tulsa um I don't think we will ever see a repeat of what we saw a few years ago in Tulsa. I hope not. Uh, I, th- I, I, hope think, not. I think I think I think if that wild. happens, uh, Penny doesn't won't he he won't have to be fired. <laughs> he just ain't going to get on the plane and come home. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, uh, what's that? Ben was that eighteen or nineteen? We lost by forty. Can't, uh, I think it was eighteen. Eighteen. I want to yeah, say eighteen. 2018. Yeah. Two thousand eighteen. Another road game, and then a big home game. You know now. Because at this point, when you get into February, Isaac, now you're starting to think about seeding for the conference tournament. And, you know, you if you're not going to be one, you definitely don't want to be four. You'd rather be two or three because now you're trying to kind of position yourself because you want to avoid. And but, it's not that anybody's scared of Houston, right? Nobody's scared of them, but you kind of want to save that matchup until you have to play it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, because then if you're in Memphis and you're sitting at two or three, now you're going to be – my cat. Sorry, you guys have never gotten <laughs> to experience this before. Our long-time viewers <laughs> oh, are you getting good, to see man. this firsthand. Um, they're used to this. Um, but, you know, now, Leon, you're starting to position yourself with scheduling and seating, not only for the conference tournament, but you got to start looking ahead to the AAC tournament. And that February 4th game at home against Tulane, if Tulane does the things we think Tulane can do, that's a big home game for Memphis. Absolutely. So, so I'm Isaac he, uh, so Isaac, you know you're 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 looking at at that two lane game kind of being mid to the end of of the kind of the real meat of the conference schedule, and again, that's a seating game where where you're starting to kind of think about March and all that comes with that,
1: yeah, I mean especially depending on what happens with that first game, um if you win that one, you really got an opportunity to, uh, to kind of put your foot on the gas man, if you go 2-0 against them, and then if you drop that first one. Uh, early out in New Orleans, you're really up against it. You really got to get that one at that point. You definitely don't want to go 0-2 against them because, again, you're, you're talking about seeding and you don't know. You could be possibly looking at a tie there. You're talking about tiebreakers and things like that. So either way, that's going to be a big game. Um, and, and, again, I think you once you get to February, like you said, you're, you're starting to, to look at the AAC tournament and, and where you are, and, and that's going to be a, a a big game. And, again, hopefully you're looking to go – 2-0 and uh, against them. Both of you get that one down in New Orleans. So, yeah, man, that's, that's going to be another important game on the home floor, and that's a, a Saturday game, so that, that's going to be a big one.
0: So then, Leon, you know, you've got you've got the two-lane game, and then you've got the, the classic well, – not really the classic, but the, the kind of the letdown trap game because you go to South Florida before you come home for two. And, you know, you've got three in a the row there. You've got South Florida, and then you've got Temple and UCF at home before the first trip to Houston. So that to me is another really important stretch for the Tigers not to, you know, not to that. Our job, right, is to look out into the future and be prognosticating two weeks later. But Memphis can't afford to, you know, go to South Florida and have a terrible game or come home and drop a game to Temple or UCF because you kind of want to set that Houston game up for what it's going to be. But that's an Absolutely. interesting stretch for Memphis with South Florida, Temple and UCF, two at home.
2: Right, and that's why you play those tough games early, to get ready for your conference. And I think when you're talking about playing Houston, I mean, that's that's a rival game for us now. And once you play the Auburns and, and, you know, the Vanderbilt's of the world in St. Louis, we should be ready by that time. And I feel like personally that they should be no worse than the A.C. going into the NCAA tournament.
0: So you've got that game against Houston, then you go on the road to Wichita State, and then – You know, two of the last three games are kind of – I love what they've done with this Memphis-Houston game, uh, putting it on the last Sunday of the season. You know, it's kind of a – it's an 11 a.m. start here in Memphis at FedEx Forum this year. Uh, I love playing that game last, um, just like I love that the AAC tournament puts their final on uh, Sunday. It's one of the last games before Selection Sunday. But I just – you know, I'm a big, like, rival guy. And, and Leon, you just mentioned that, like – Houston's as close to a rival as we've had because Cincinnati's frankly been down. But, you know, Houston and Memphis are the class of this league. Um, And and I just, Isaac, you know, I just, I feel like that, you know, everything you're doing prepares you for February the 19th and again, March 5th, but you've got to get there and you can't afford a slip up in Wichita, Kansas or at SMU. You've got to, you've got to kind of see through. And to me, that Houston game, that first one, in some ways, Isaac, kind of determines how the end of the season goes. If you go down there and you you pick up a win, you build your confidence. But if you go down there and, let's say, worst case, you get beat by 15 or 20 points, what does that do to the psyche of the team? But then to Leon's point, you know, that's why you're playing Auburn. You know, that's why you're playing Vanderbilt. It's why you're at St. Louis. But that February 19th at Houston game, that's going to be critical, not only for seeding, but I think for the mindset of this Memphis team.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and as you guys said, I mean, those early games in non-con is what gets you prepared for, for this type of stretch. I think one thing big positive for Memphis is you get both of these, teams, these both of these games late when you should have your chemistry down, you'll be battle-tested, and, and you don't have to play Houston early in, in, in the conference late. I think getting them late, you should be at your peak of your power, so to speak, by then. I, mean, I think that plays out really well for Memphis. Um, and I like the fact that they get them, the last one is at home. Uh, I like that. I think it was reversed last year. Uh, but I, I like the fact that, that that last one on home, like you said, Sunday, 11 a.m., I mean, you know that's going to be a fantastic game. you got to have a packed FedEx form. Uh, but this is a rivalry. And, again, man, you go down there, like you said, man, it depends how that first game goes down in Houston. Do you go down there and get a win? Is it a close close loss? Do you get blown out? And that could kind of either give you momentum uh, going into the next few games until you get to that last Houston game or – it can take both away. Uh, and, you, and again, you hope you don't drop any of those games that you're supposed to win before the end, because that kind of takes some of the, the, the flare and luster off of that. If, if you do drop some of those games. So going down the stretch is going to be important. But I think one thing that we've seen from pretty hardaway away teams, that they play their best basketball in late February into March. Uh, and I, I don't think, I think that's going to be even more the case this year because you have these veteran guys, I mean, guys that have been Absolutely. there. But uh, Leon talked about it earlier. Uh, you talked about uh, Kendrick Davis, DeAndre Williams, uh, Keontae Kennedy. These these guys have played big-time basketball before, uh, and you've had a lot of young guys, and you've had them playing well late in the season. So imagine what these guys are going to be playing playing like once we get into February and March.
0: You know, that's, Leon, what I just would encourage Tiger fans to do is kind of, kind of hang in there, you know, a little bit at the beginning of the season because there's going to be some bumps because – you know, we joke that this is Penny Hardaway's best recruiting class since he's been at Memphis. And it's all transfers and experienced guys. But it does take some time to get those pieces um, kind of in place. So, it's just kind of hang with the Tigers and be be patient.
2: Absolutely. And, John, what I really love about this team, you don't have any of those guys who are monitoring their their stock as far as getting ready for the NBA draft. Because last year you had Imani Bates and Jalen Duran. And let's be honest, their their mindset was NBA, and they, they're they worried about their stock. They're worried about their numbers. This year, you got veterans, and of course, these guys have NBA aspirations, but they know what they got to handle first. They know they make their noise in the NCAA tournament, and so they're going to be trying to win, because for some of these guys, this is their last chance of making a name for themselves. So they're going to play hard. They're going to play tough, and like you said, there's going to be some some games where we might be scratching our heads, like, how did we let that go, but chemistry is, is, is tough. I mean, you can put all the talent on one team, but you still have to have chemistry. Yeah. We've seen that with the Lakers at one point. We've seen that with the Miami Heat their first season. It takes time.
0: Especially when you got a bunch of guys, like you said, that just they're not used to playing together. And, and they, they've come from all these different offenses and, and different mindsets. And, you know, now you're going to come in and, and defense is, you know, Isaac, defense is what Penny preaches. And and John was the same way when he was here. You know, John, John said – you know, I have two goals. John Calipari's like, I want to make practice hard enough that the games are easy. And he said, number two, if you play defense and rebound, everything else is easy. Those are the hard things to do, and that's what's kind of going to kind of be my kind of metric this year: is how hard are they playing, and how hard are they working to play together?
1: Yeah, when when I talk when I talk to people outside of the city and about Penny, they're they're always kind of surprised that he's not an offense first type of coach that so he's a defense first guy but he definitely everything with him starts on the defensive end he, he says it all the time and I think that's what's going to determine the ceiling of this team it all starts on the defensive end and starts with rebounding being tough because I mean they got guys that can put the ball in the basket uh on, on this team there's no question I mean you got a guy who Kendrick Davis can can create get a bucket anytime he wants and I think again that's a big aspect that's been missing on this team they really haven't had a guy that you say just go out there just go out there and give me a bucket I um, mean, he has that guy now, and I think that's going to help them in some of these late, close games. But in the end of the day, right, it, it, defense wins championships, as, the, as they say. And how quickly this team can come together as far as chemistry, you have a lot of different guys. I think it's going to come together a lot quicker when you have a guy like Kendrick Davis and guys that have been there, done that. Uh, but it's still going to take some time. Uh, there's no doubt they're not going to be a finished product two, three, four games into the season. Still think it's going to take some time because, again, it's a – a new roster. But uh, again, when I look at this roster overall, I just like that you have guys that have done it. Um, I mean, you have guys that have been back in the system, like DeAndre Williams. Um, he's back. I, I really think Alo being back is big for this team as well. Absolutely. Uh, having, having him off the bench, a guy that's Penny knows, Penny trusts in, in the requisite role, I think he's going to have a, a big year. I think that's really important for a backup poor guard. I think him and Davis are one of the probably one of the best tandems in in the, in college basketball. Um, and that's not being a homer. I really do think that I really do think it's really important for him to come back. Cause if he hadn't come back. You didn't have that veteran guy, uh, backup or guard. I think that's something really important uh, for this team. So um, the, the outlook, I have a, a pretty high outlook for this team, man. I, I feel pretty good about where they are. Um, and, and again, man, I think it, it's going to start on defensive end. If they can play some defense, I think, They'll be able to put the ball in the basket, man. If they can get it going on the defensive end, man, I think it's going to be a a really, really solid year for the Tigers. And I I definitely think this is another tournament year for Penny.
0: I do too. And, you know, last year as the president and at some points only member of the Alex Lomax fan club, (laughs) uh, you know, I kind of got derided. But, you know, this is a guy that, you know, had a three-to-one assist to turnover ratio. He was just – he was asked to do things last year that he couldn't do. exactly. And – you know, I think with Kendrick Davis, a little better selection probably, but you get kind of the ALO with the Tyler Harris kind of in one package. Again, Absolutely. a little bit better shot shot selection. Shout out to Sauer though, who uh who'd shoot it from the parking lot if he had a chance. And, you know, and in his defense, he made a bunch of them too. But, you know, Isaac, you bring up another great point. You and Leon both talking about defense with this team. We saw it Saturday on the football field, right? Memphis's offense was lackluster, just couldn't get anything going, and the defense picked him up. And, Leon, there's going to be nights when you're two for 21 from the field uh, from three-point land going into late in the second half, and you're going to need to get a couple stops in a bucket, and that's where the defensive end pays off
2: for you. Absolutely. I'm so glad you passed the ball at this time because I, the whole time we've been talking, I've been thinking about K.O. K.O., one of the best shot blockers in the NCA, is going to have a field day for Memphis. I think he's going to have a breakout season for Memphis. He's not a high offensive guy, but he's a great shot blocker who's going to alternate shots. And you still got DeAndre Williams. So our front court, I think is going to take care of the business on the defensive end. And still, you have Alex Lomax. Alex isn't a great score, but he does things on the defensive end that's going to help like out. the team in steals. Exactly. And I think there's going to be moments where you're going to have Davis and Lomax playing the backcourt together sometimes. Yeah. Because you got Davis, who's a great scorer, and why not let him be able to do what he does best? And let Lomax, who's a great floor general, just, you know, feed the guy the ball. So I think it's going to be a great team defensively and offensively. And Keontae Kennedy, who's a six a six guy who can play the two and the three, who's a great defensive player as well. I mean, he has so many different intangibles. I think fans are going to be really excited about this thing.
0: Uh, you know, Isaac, you weren't on with uh, Leon and I before the game, and he called him K.O., so now that's going <laughs> to put the onus on you. You've got to pronounce his whole name for everybody.
1: Uh, K.O. DeRitchie Akabandu Eogu. That's Well. Amazing. Oh, you're sure? You're sure, <laughs> Yeah, huh? man, you know. Yeah, I made, I made sure early, man. I made sure I got there, got there right when he first came in. But speaking yeah. of him, man, just – like Leon said, man, I think he's perfect for how Penny plays. I mean, he's not a guy that you have to run any plays for. I mean, he's just gonna go out there, block shots, play defense, get rebounds, man, get tip, tip back, ducks, stuff like that. I, I think he's he's gonna be a fan favorite. I think the fans are gonna fall in love with what he does out there. I think he's gonna be a big part of this. It's gonna be interesting. That's a battle that I'm watching. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Who's gonna start there at the five? Was it be Malco, who I'm excited about too? I'm hopefully he can just have a year where he's healthy. I don't think we've ever seen him healthy at the University of Memphis. I mean you go back to what he did at the East. He has a he has a lot left in the tank that he hadn't showed since he has yeah. been with the Tigers, man. I'm hoping he can he can bounce back, but it's going to be interesting to see who how that, that battle kind of plays out. That's one of the things I'm going to be watching throughout the practices and going into the season. Well
0: you know, Malco's a guy too that can get on the floor Kind of in different sets. He he can get out there, you know, when when it is a run and gun game. When Ko's not just, you know, that's that's not his thing, man. You know, no offense, but it's, he's not an up and down the court, you know, forty minutes of hell guy. Uh, but Malco can play. He because he can get up and down the court a little bit. I think the thing for that Ko is going to have to learn in this league, and and Malcolm's had to learn it a little bit too, is they're going to have to have because Duran was really good at it. They're going to have to stay on the floor. They can't, you know. Ko just strikes me as a guy he's going to come out and. Bam, bam! Two quick fouls, and he's got to go to the bench, and that creates problems. Uh, real quick before we close out here, uh, anything happened yesterday? I feel like I missed something that that went down yesterday. I, any any news yesterday? Uh, so for those who've had their under been under a rock, of course the IARP came out yesterday, and basically, boy, Isaac, you and I talked about it, and and just we were both. I think we were probably equally stunned that uh, there wasn't more to that. And I, I think, you know, that Penny, you know, he, you know, he, they said they weren't worried, but come on, Isaac, you know, they, you've got to yeah. be worried with that kind of stuff. But now that they step back and they go, well, you know, $5,000 fine and something else. And then, you know, a couple of years probation and Isaac, that's really the best play best case scenario for Memphis out of that.
1: Yeah, man. we, I mean, you were talking about, as you said, uh, early yesterday morning, in anticipation of the, of the the announcement and we both thought they were going to get hammered. Um, I think if you put a a money line, I think that was probably plus 5,000 on the money line, uh, the result that we got. Like, I don't think anybody thought that they would end up with just a slap on a wrist, but I think, I think it's two parts of this. I think, I think they got Memphis got extremely lucky with the timing of it. I think if you look at the, the landscape of college athletics with NIL and stuff like that, I think that really helped them in this case because now, Looking back at it now, it's not really anything egregious, which I don't feel like it was anything that they should have got hammered for anyway. But it just that's just kind of the results that you expected. And I think also we kind of talk about this as well. I don't really think they wanted any part of this because uh, I mean, you look at a, at a guy like Penny Hardaway, who way before he came a coach, the coach at the University of Memphis. I mean, the philanthropic work that he does in the city, uh, just helping kids, uh, just just doing different things, charitable work. Um, I mean you can just take the Alo situation. Um I had uh Alo's dad a- a- Alex Lomax Senior on my podcast swanked, here with we Tiger Sports Report a few years ago. And he he just man got emotional talking about the time when he was locked up and how appreciative he was of Penny for kind of stepping in. I mean he, he Alo even lived with Penny for a while. And th- and this relationship went back to we're talking fifth or sixth grade, like before Alo was the Alo that we know today. I mean, Penny just does this. I mean, you talk about Stepping in for with, with his friend Desmond Meerweiser and coaching those kids and the work that they did over at Big Hampton, and, and when you look at overall like what what Penny has done with young athletes and and other people in the cities, it's I'm sure stuff that we don't even know anything about. You ask the question like, who's going after that guy? Yeah. Like why why are you trying to trying to bring that guy out? And I think that's what they stole uh to in, in the hearing and, and, and throughout this process. Penny made a. A speech had a speech over at the Southern Heritage Classic luncheon, and, and I've been told that's basically the same thing story that he told at the hearing. And I think they're looking at this situation like, man, we we're not going to try to bring that guy down. And I think that's kind of what we saw here. Um, I think they saw a guy that really genuinely wants to help kids. And I mean, I, I just don't understand why you're trying to bring that guy out. And I think that's kind of helped them a lot in this situation.
0: I do too. And and Leon, you know the other the other part of me that kind of jumped as I as I thought about this last night. If you if you crush Memphis, which you know again it's it's the old there's an old joke that says uh, the NCAA is so mad at Kentucky, Cleveland State just got two more years probation. If you if you crush Memphis, what are you going to then have to do to LSU, who Will wait, is literally on tape (laughs) saying, "Hey, we're going to pay this guy strong ass offer." Yeah, 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 strong (laughs) ass offer. And so Leon, I think that probably played a part in it too of. You know, it's kind of a diminishing return at some point. If, if we give Memphis a two-year postseason ban and take away three scholarships, we're going to have to shut LSU down.
2: Absolutely. I think just the landscape of college basketball saved us, like Isaac was mentioning with the NIL. And to me, I mean, let's just let's go back in a time machine. Just think about when Penny was going through this process of playing James Wiseman. Everybody was like, are oh, you crazy? What are you doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's unprofessional. It's going to fall back on him. Now you come back to the press. Wow, <laughs> this guy knew what he was doing after all. I had my crow before
0: we jumped on <laughs> uh, the podcast here tonight because I was—I'll be
2: look—I'll I'll be up front. I was that guy. I
0: was like, because the NCAA and I, I think Leon, I think Isaac, you said it last night. They put out a tweet when we decided we were going to play him. The NCAA said he's probably ineligible. Yeah. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Exactly. And we did it anyway. And I remember going man, what is this dude doing? And, and, you know, another Dr. Rudd, you know, he's another one that kind of thumbed his nose at the NCAA with this process. And, you know, uh, for those who don't know, Memphis was not, what's the best way I can say this, forthcoming with the James Wiseman situation initially with the NCAA. And so that's really what launched this whole, like if you go back and, and read the NOI, it was much deeper than an $11,500 payment to James yeah, the I mean, James Wiseman family. It,
1: it allowed us to say it allowed them to set up shop at FedEx Forum. I mean, they opened themselves up for them to look at everything, not just the James Wiseman situation. So it was a big time risk, and usually these things don't pay off. But <laughs> <Not> <laughs> so, somehow, man, they came out for the W. Definitely not for Memphis. Somehow they, they came out for the W. Man, I'm still kind of peaching myself today, thinking that that's the result we got because that's not what I expected at all.
0: I, I told I somebody today, I I hope we got it in writing.
2: <laughs> I was expecting uh, Coach Haith to coach at least 10 games. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, to. I thought for sure Penny would at least get
1: suspended. Like, I I, I thought there was no chance. Of, I thought there was at the minimum that Penny would, would receive a significant suspension. So, it's crazy.
0: And looking back, Leon, do you not think that maybe – I mean, obviously, if you can hire Frank, Frank Haith, you hire Frank Haith. But do you not think maybe that's in the back of Penny's mind is, I got to get a guy that I <laughs> know can be a head coach – because my tail is going to be sitting at home yeah. for and ten years.
1: He
2: yeah, <laughs> he's playing chess while the NCAA's playing checkers.
1: Absolutely,
2: I think, like I said, we all was waiting for that.
1: Because yeah. I mean,
2: we was all like, "Hey, what better person to lead the lead the boat than Frank?" You know, you know, you trust JJ and Faraji, but that guy right there, I mean, that's a different kind of guy. When you talk about X's and O's, man. Every you know, and that player. was
0: that was always a knock on Josh. Not to pick on uh, Josh when he was here, we didn't have that guy. You didn't have an ex's nose guy or a guy who had kind of been through the ringer. Uh, tried a couple different guys; neither one of them really worked. But you've got to have that guy. You've got to have a guy that's seen and done everything. And and you know, let's be real. Frank Haith has been in trouble with the NCAA before. He knows how that whole process works. Um, he knows kind of how the game is played on and off the court. And that I, you know, looking back now somebody texts me and they're like, do you think that's why he hired Frank Haith? And I'm like, well, I don't think that's the only reason, but I think, like you said, you can trust and you can, can trust JJ to an extent, but they've never been there. They've never done it, like, at a high level, and Frank Hayth has. Like, he he was a guy that, you know, while you would obviously like to have Penny on the sidelines, you know, if you have to settle for Frank Haith for five or six or seven games, you know, you know you're going to come out of things okay. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, slap on the wrist little bit of a fine, some probation. Got to do some, uh, go to some conferences and and watch a bunch of boring powerpoints. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But whoever that
1: poor soul is, that's not going to be <laughs> not going to be a fun
0: time. God bless that intern. Um, but no, it'll be. Yeah, I mean, but again, and when you look back at the original notice of, allegation, of, of allegations, in a it was it included football, it included softball, it included obviously men's basketball. And I'm forgetting one, but there was another sport in there and none of that, like, you know, none of it was a big deal. I mean, I think the football violations were, I want to say they were level two violations or level three and they weren't a big deal, but you know, none of that came about, which tells me that the NCAA Isaac, to your point said, you know, this is a dude who literally got into coaching because his best friend was dying of cancer. Like that's the only reason Penny ever got into any kind of coaching was because Des was sick and man, it's, it's, you know, we can talk about his on court, whatever, you know, we, we've, we've had that conversation I'm sure we'll have it again, but man, that dude is a Prince and is a King in this city. Like, you know, I, I said this night, I don't mean anything negative towards Joe, but you know, Penny Hardaway doesn't have to get King of Memphis tattooed on his chest. Like, that dude's the mayor. He's the king, he and it, because he's such a he's such an important guy to the city. Not just because of because look, he didn't want this. We're being real. He didn't want this job either.
1: No, he, he could be it. doing anything right now. I mean, he could be on the golf course yeah, yeah. somewhere, <laughs> spending his money. I mean, he could be doing anything, and he's here to try to help that university and, and help these young men fulfill their dreams. Like he he could be doing anything right now, man. That's what I respect about him most, and that's what lets you know that. You you hear this from all coaches. I, I'm here for the kids. I'm trying to do this. But with Penny,
0: that's
1: that fact right there. That lets you know that it's genuine with him. This is you know, not one coach yeah. speak.
0: One last thing about that is that was kind of told to me when Alo left Wichita State and there was no pushback. Like from Craig Marshall. He was like, Nope, go go home. Go play for Penny. That told me a lot because that told me, um, okay, yeah, that 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 tells me that, you know, other cause other coaches know, uh, Pardon my French. The easiest, the easiest guy to catch a bullshitter is a bullshitter, right? Like these coaches all know that speak, but that told me a lot when when Alo said I want to go home, and Greg Marshall's like, "Go home, you know, but, and, and you know I'm not going to not let you play. I mean, just go home, go play for Penny." So I,
1: I was going to say real quick one thing about the 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 notice of allegations. Uh, I mean, no level one violations. Uh, it comes down Amazing. went down. It was was four level ones. I think it ended up with four level twos and five level threes, I want to say. And from my understanding that that kind of means that now you are on probation for three years, but if they do become guilty or sometime or get accused of another level one violation, you won't be viewed as a repeat offender. Um, I think that's, that's a, a key aspect here as well. So that's crazy, man. Again, man, I'm still kind of shocked and pinching myself that this is what happened, especially when you're talking about Memphis, like you, you always expect when it comes to Memphis, you think they're going to get hammered, but I think they got one back, man, maybe for 08. Um, I think they were done a terrible <laughs> wrong in 08. And I think we got one back here.
0: All right. So Leon, uh, any final thoughts tonight? We're going to try to do this. I haven't got the schedule worked out yet, but we're going to try to obviously get back on here and chop it up again
2: before the season
0: gets started, uh, before the preseason gets started. Any final thoughts from you?
2: Uh, final thoughts. Fans, uh, be prepared to enjoy great reports from me, Isaac and John, as we go forward this year. It's going to be great and exciting. And we're going to give you great content, you know. And I I'm, I'm just excited for this year. This team is going to be amazing. You know, it's not just on paper. Uh it's going to be on the court and just give it time. Isaac?
1: Yeah, man. And and shout out to Leo, man. Really glad to have him Absolutely. here on the team, man. One of the hardest working men in the business, man. I mean, he's out there doing his thing, been doing it for a long time, man. So so shout out to Leo. I definitely definitely glad to have him aboard. But excited about this season, man. Um it's I I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, Definitely, we're going to be pumping out coverage. Uh, So, make sure you stay tuned in to TigerSportsReport.com because we're going to have you covered, man. We're talking men's basketball, women's basketball, all sports, football. Of course, uh, John, Larry, and Brian, man, got you covered on Tigers tonight there. Uh, Hopefully, they can finish out the season strong. And, I mean, I'm just looking forward to it all, man. It's just a a fun time, man. So, make sure you stay tuned in to TigerSportsReport.com.
0: Now, for Leon, Duncan the cat back here who made his cameos here tonight. This is John Maddox signing off and we will talk to everybody next Tuesday night on tigers night. And just stay tuned to our Twitter feeds uh, to see when we're going to continue basketball. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. All right.